Joshua chapter 1 is where we're going to be this morning. Before we jump back into Mark, there was a, a passage that the Lord laid on my heart this week. So we'll resume our study of the Gospel of Mark next week. But Joshua chapter 1, the title of today's message is Courage in Uncertain Times. Courage in Uncertain Times. I don't know about you, but uh, as I turn on the news, as I open up the newspaper, or more commonly open up the app on my phone, um, I am struck with the amount of bad news that's out there. Maybe you look at the political situation and you scratch your head thinking, oh my word, what is going to happen here? What is going on in our country? Maybe you look at a, at a financial situation or maybe it's something in your own personal life and, and you're not really sure how things are going to play out. You have a, feelings of uncertainty, questions in your mind. You think, I know God's in charge, but man, what's going on here? Uh, often I have folks come up to me and they say, Pastor, do you, do you think we're living in the, in the last days? Do you think that, that Jesus is about ready to come back? It just seems to be worse than it's ever been. Don't let my name fool you. I'm, I'm not a prophet. I'm, I don't have the, the ability to see the future. Jesus may come back tomorrow. He, he may wait another thousand years. I don't know what his plan is. But I know that in time, there, there are times when all of us feel levels of uncertainty and have questions about what God is doing. And I think that there's a story here in the book of Joshua that will speak to us and hopefully encourage us. Read with me if you found Joshua chapter 1 in your Bibles, beginning in verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving them. To the people of Israel, every place the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. And no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do all that is in the law of Moses, my servant. Do not turn, it, turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. If you're following along in the notes that are in, in the inserts in the bulletin, we see, first of all, that there's the reality of uncertain times. The reality of uncertain times. Joshua had just inherited the huge task of leading the people of Israel. And their courageous leader, Moses, had just died. The mantle had been passed to Joshua. And Moses was an incredible leader. 
He was the one that brought them through, out of Egypt, through the wilderness wanderings, and now to the threshold of the promised land. Joshua had big shoes to fill. And certainly, certainly he was feeling doubt. He was feeling worry. He was feeling overwhelmed with the task. If he wasn't, God wouldn't have told him three times in this, this, this section, Hey, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. God said it because he needed to hear it. He was living in uncertain times. He didn't know what it was facing him. He didn't know what was coming down the pipe. He knew that God was asking him to go into a land that he had never, uh, he would never, I mean, he was going to face insurmountable odds, at least from a human standpoint. And God, <laughs> this is what God says to him. These are his first words. Verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. <laughs> I mean, what a, what a way to just kind of ease him into it. Hey, by the way, it's on you now. The job is yours. Whether you want it or not, you're the guy now. You're the guy I'm calling to. Joshua had a situation that I think probably felt pretty overwhelming to him. Almost seems like God's being a little insensitive. All right, it's time to get to it, Josh. When you look a little deeper, I think he's reminding Joshua that this is the beginning of a new era. He was telling Joshua that it, we're not living in the past anymore. We're not supposed to cling on to things the way they used to be. We're moving forward here. We're going into the promised land, and you're the guy who's going to lead him there. Maybe we often, maybe we found ourselves in those situations. Maybe you're in a situation like that right now, a time of uncertainty. Maybe it's in your workplace. You don't understand what's coming, coming up. You're not sure what's happening. Maybe it's in your home. Maybe it has to do with a relationship. Maybe it has to do with your health, finances, or, or other big decisions that are on the horizon. Maybe it has to do with a, a global situation or a political situation, and you just felt at unease and uncertain. I hope these verses and the few moments we have here this morning will encourage you a little bit. So we have the response to uncertain times. And I was reading through, as I was reading through these verses, they kind of came together and I, I put together a, a thesis statement that we're going to break apart as we go through the outline. But it goes like this, I think it's written down in your notes. You can move forward in the face of uncertainty because our sovereign God who goes before you will remain with you as you draw near to Him in courage. Let me say it again. You can move forward in the face of uncertainty because our sovereign God who goes before you will remain with you as you draw near to him in courage. So the first thing that I want to say this morning out of this text is that, that we need to be willing to move forward. Whatever God's calling, to, calling you to do, whatever he has placed upon your heart, be willing to step out in faith. Notice what he says to Joshua in verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. And his very next words are, Now therefore arise. He wasn't going to let Josh uh, uh, sit and sulk. He was not going to let him mope. He was not going to let him be paralyzed by fear or uncertainty or doubt. He says, okay, I get it. Moses is dead. Now we're moving forward. We're taking a step of faith and we're going on to the next thing that I have for you. I don't think God was trying to be insensitive to him. But I think he wanted Joshua to realize that he had plans and that Joshua was supposed to be a part of them. 
You see, being patient is a good thing. Sometimes God calls us to wait on Him. Sometimes we have to be still, right? Sometimes we have to wait and hear from Him. The thing is, is that when we've heard, when He is giving us a direction, then we need to get up and get going. Being patient is a good thing. Being paralyzed with indecision is not. It is impossible to stand still in the Christian life. For the moment you do, you begin to drift backward. And maybe God's calling you to do something. Maybe for a while now you've known that He's laid something on your heart. And today's the day He's calling you to move forward in that, in faith. Even if you, with your human eyes, can't see how it's going to work out. Even if it just seems too big to happen, too impossible to transpire. Realize that you have a big God who's calling you today to move forward. Secondly, remember that God goes before you. God goes before you. This is a wonderful promise that He gives to Joshua in verse 3. He says, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses. He says, as you get ready to go out, when you take that step, he said, know that I've already given you that land. I have already gone before you and prepared the way. What a tremendous encouragement to Joshua. He knew what he was getting into. He knew what, what laid in, in store for him in this land. And, and, and he had an idea of some of the in, seemingly insurmountable obstacles. And God says, listen, I've gone before you. I've begun paving the way. I remember when I was little, um, my dad, one of the games my dad used to play with my three brothers and I is we'd, we'd turn off all the lights in the house. And he would go out and hide and we would kind of, we would have to gather together in the living room and then we'd count uh, whatever it was, 50, and, and then we'd have to go in search of dad. And of course, the idea was is that whenever we got close enough, he, he was going to scare the living daylights out of us. And uh, we knew it was coming, but we still did it. And, uh, and we were still afraid, you know, even though it was just dad, we, we'd, we'd, we'd get nervous. And so the three of us would, would approach a bedroom and uh, usually the plan was to, um, as we got close there, to shove the youngest one in ahead of us. And he would have to be our scout. He would have to hopefully bear the brunt if dad was in that room. And, uh, and he would have to go before us and make sure that, that the coast was clear. And then the rest of us would kind of, kind of, you know, meander in there cautiously. We realized later my dad kind of figured our trick out right away. And he would wait until we all had gone. And, and then, he would, then he would jump out. Um, but I thought of that when I was reading about this here. God is telling Joshua, listen, I've already been there. I've already gone before you. I know that there's some daunting things that you're going to face, some, some serious battles that lie in store for you. But I want you to know that I've already gone before you. And you know, maybe God's calling you to do something and you think that this is uncharted territories. I want you to know God's already been there. If God's called you to do it, He's going to supply the strength for you to enable you to be able to move forward. God goes before you. Number three, remember that God's in control. God's in control. Take a look at verse five. I love this verse. He says to Joshua, no man shall be able to stand before you. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. He said, listen, I realize that you're going to come across some, some pretty serious battles. But I'm in charge here. And if I've given you this land, then you're going to get it. And there's no one who is going to stop me. They were about to face some fierce enemies. 
You see, you might remember, they, they had already been at this point one other time in their history. Forty years before, they gathered along with Moses at the threshold of the promised land, ready to go in. You remember they sent out 12 spies into the land to check things out. And they came back with their report. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb, said, hey, we got this. God's promised that we can go in here. Let's do it. The other ten spies said, no way. In fact, in, in Numbers chapter 13, they says, the, the, the people said, uh, listen, the, the people who dwell in this land are very strong, and their cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there who were uh, imposing warriors. So it tells us that the men who gone up, had gone up with him said, we are not able to go against the people, for they are stronger than we. They looked at their circumstances, and they panicked, and they said, we can't do this. And they got, they got the whole congregation of the people of Israel on their side. Even though they had the promises of God, and even though Moses and Joshua and Caleb were saying, let's do this, we can go, let's go here. The people balked and said, this is impossible. You know, sometimes we look at our circumstances and the opposition is real. The obstacles are, 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 are pretty big. Look, at they were looking at the land and they, they realized that the people there had big armies. They had fortified cities. They had fierce warriors. And they said, we can't do this. Now, sometimes God calls you to things and and I, I, don't get the wrong impression here. I, I understand sometimes what we mean when we talk about an open door. But sometimes we'll say, well, if God opens the door, then I'll go through. And, and in certain situations, I, I understand that, and I think that that's good. But you know what? Sometimes we take that too far, and we think that if there's any obstacles, if there's any difficulty, then it must not be God's will for me. If there's anything going on that, that looks like it might be a roadblock, then I probably should just not do this. Listen, there were lots of roadblocks. There, was a, 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 there were a whole bunch of people in that nation that did not want the Israelites there. But God said, you know what? If, if I'm going to go before you, if I've promised this to you, then it's yours. We need to remember that God's in control. If he makes a promise to us, he's going to fulfill it. If he says he's going before us, then he's good on his word. We need to remember that if it's His plan, He will bring it about. Number four, don't forget that God will remain with you. God will remain with you. Joshua needed to hear this. And he says in verse 5, Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. <laughs> what wonderful comfort. What encouraging words. As we said, Joshua had to be experiencing fear, but you see, he had seen God work. He was probably a young man when they were brought out of Egypt. Do you remember what a miracle that was? The Egyptian army bearing down on this, this worn-out, ill-supplied group of slaves trying to flee the land with the, a massive sea in front of them. And God miraculously uses Moses to part the waters so that the children of Israel are allowed to walk through on dry land. Incredible. God protected them. He delivered them. Joshua saw that. He saw God protect them 
even when their, their doubt won out and, and, and they were forced to wander around in the wilderness for 40 years, even in their disobedience, God took care of them and was with them. He provided food and water and protection from their enemies. Even in the midst of their punishment, God still was with them. And God is saying, you remember all that? I was there. I was with you. Just as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to leave you now. I'm not going to forsake you now. I'm not going to quit on you now. And sometimes we, listen, we know the promises. And maybe we've got a long history with God. And we, we read about what He has done And yet we still doubt. We still have to be reminded, just like Joshua had to be reminded, I'm not going anywhere, Joshua. I'm not leaving you. I'm not forsaking you. God's words to Joshua are His same words to us today. If if you were to look in the Gospel of Matthew, the book begins in verse 23 of chapter 1 with the words, Emmanuel, God with us. And they close with the words of Jesus in the Great Commission, Lo, I am with you always. The bookends to the book of Matthew are the promises of God's presence, the promise to go with us. And that promise remains true today. We also need to draw near to God. Number five, draw near to God. Verse eight God says to Joshua, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you, you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Most of us, at least in theory, know that God's, words, God's word is important. God's word is crucial. Here, He is telling Joshua that this has to be the center point of your life. And you need to, through my word, draw close to me. Develop an intimacy intimacy with me. The idea here, when he says to meditate on God's word, the the word means to to mutter or to ruminate or to, to talk about. It's supposed to be on our lips. It's supposed to encompass our lives and all that we do. From our getting up to our laying down, God's word should be a part of our lives. Whether it's family devotions, whether it's praying with your spouse, whether it's spending your own time being committed to to having a a personal quiet time with God, memorizing scripture, putting it on your your phone or or, uh, on your dashboard for your commute to work. That's why we we put scripture memory verses in the bulletin every week, because we want to always keep before us the importance of keeping God's word before us. Joshua had to be reminded that it needs to be the cornerstone of what you're about to do in the nation that is about to be established. You'll notice verse 8 also says the result when you do this. Well, let me back up. Uh, Notice it wasn't simply just enough to meditate and think on the word. He says to be careful to do all that is written in it. 
You see, you can study your Bible. You can become a scholar and know all the ins and outs and be able to answer all the Bible trivia questions. I, I grew up in, in kind of a, uh, a real, real churchy, uh, nerdy church environment where, where we would have a lot, of, a lot of quizzes and there'd be a lot of contests to see who could answer the most Bible questions. And, and that's good. There are ways to help you to learn what's in God's Word. But knowledge for knowledge's sake doesn't do anybody any good. He says, be careful to do it. Knowing it is the first step, but now be careful to put it into action. Do it. We had the privilege yesterday, some of you were here, we had the privilege yesterday of celebrating the life of Gordy Palmer and his memorial service. And one of the reoccurring themes that I heard from several of the people that stood up and talking to people at the luncheon afterwards was just how, how much Gordy put his faith into action. He, he wasn't a, a perfect individual by any means, but Gordy would always be there for people. I heard stories about Gordy coming along to help people on projects. Gordy putting on an apron and help serving in the kitchen at the church and cooking. He was a true servant. He put his faith into action. He didn't just talk about it, but he demonstrated his obedience through his good deeds. Notice it also says in that verse, he says, then, your way, uh, then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. There's a promised blessing for those who are willing to be obedient to God's Word. He says, I'm going to go before you, I'm going to make your way successful. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have financial wealth or, 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 or material possessions, but he says, I'm going to honor your obedience as you make my Word a priority. Draw near to God. And then finally... We need to remember to be courageous. Be courageous. As I said before, Joshua had to be fearful. We, we, look, we read the book and we see him as a mighty warrior. And I, I, think, I think he became that. But there's a reason that God repeated three times in these verses, be strong and courageous. He needed to hear it. He needed to hear it. He had to be filled with doubts. What, what if the people do the same thing that they did 40 years ago? Joshua wasn't a young man anymore. He was getting up in age. But what if they rebel again? The same people are in the land. The same fortified cities are there waiting for us. What if they, what if they tuck tail and run and leave me standing here alone, just like we did with Moses? He had to have doubts and he had to have fears. And God comes to him and says, be strong and courageous. Look at it, verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. And then verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Joshua, do not be frightened. You ever felt fear? Maybe God calling you to step out and share the gospel with someone that you're sure is going to get livid with you or or get get plugged in in a way or or step forward into some kind of change or a new venture for the Lord and, and you feel fear. I think Joshua did too, because God said to him, don't be frightened. And he said, don't be dismayed. Don't don't let anything discourage you. Don't let any of these potential obstacles let you take your eyes off the task that I've called you to. He says, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God is looking for courageous believers today, for people who are willing to step out And courageously obey. Courageously be obedient. 
What he's telling us here is not that we just need to suck it up and man up and, and, and figure it out ourselves, but the ex- exhortation to be courageous is because we have this God who is fighting there alongside of us, who is right there beside us. I remember teaching my older boys how to ride a bike, and I, I think most children are a little bit afraid the first time the training wheels come off. And as a parent, helping them learn to ride the bike, I don't, I wasn't sitting in a lawn chair observing far off because I knew he was scared. And so I came alongside and I, and I helped steady the bike. And when he knew that his dad had a firm hold of that bike as we were getting started, he saw that I was with him by his side became courageous. And that fear melted away because he knew that the one who was there with him would be right beside him as he stepped out in in faith. The difference is there there was a point in which which I was able to send him on his way and, and, and keep pedaling. But the thing is, is that God doesn't, doesn't do that with us. He keeps running right alongside of us. What's God calling you today? What do you need courage for? You have uncertainty in your life, questions, doubts, worries about the future. I want to encourage you with the story of Joshua today, with someone else who felt that same uncertainty. I want to encourage you to Read the next chapters this week. Read Joshua's story and see what God did in his life, all because he was willing to step out in faith in the courage and strength of the Lord to do something that seemed impossible. We can move forward in the face of uncertainty because our sovereign God who goes before us will remain with us as we draw near to him in courage. That's my prayer for you this week. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are grateful that you don't call us to any task on our own. Even the ones that we think we've got them, that we've got it all figured out and we can handle on our own. You, you promised to be there in the midst, strengthening us. And then the ones that just seem like an insurmountable mountain, uh, a terrifying step of faith, if we'll just believe you, you promised the courage. And so God, we ask that as we move forward, in our lives, in our church, in our community, that you would help us to go forward in faith and with boldness and courage. We thank you that you will be with us every step of the way. And it's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen.